We are all back in um, the Covenant of Tagalan in Wales, somewhere in the southwestern part of Wales, I believe it is. Straight due west. Due west. Okay, it is west, though, for sure. Yep, it's There's that rules lawyer. So, well, he he created it, so he does. In the gosh darn description, friend. It's his baby covenant, so. And it's a very fine covenant, too. I suggest you read up on it. Damon came up with a very nice covenant. It's in Pembrokeshire, Wales. It's near the village of Burnbarian. It's in rocky, rolly hill country. Tagalan itself is a large compound surrounded on all sides by a stone wall. There are two stone towers. The older tower holds the Covenant's founding magi, the library, kitchens, and the meeting hall. The newer tower is where all of the character, all of us player character magi live. And then there are like other small buildings and residence, uh, residences here. So like, you know, a Covenants are like essentially small villages. They're, they're as self-sustaining as can be. So you'll find like a stable, a smithy, a mason, these kind of things. The way the Covenant mostly uh, has an economy with the outside world is via sheep. So it maintains a flock of sheep. And so that's, you know, it sells the wool and occasionally some lamb or whatever for food, right? The three founders are named Persephone, Hollidus, and Gwydion. The way this setup works is uh, is that they pretty much get to boss us around. We pretty much have no input into how the, how the covenant is run. And mostly I set it up this way so that whoever wants to run in our session can just essentially tell us what to do and off we go. No arguing about it. Depending on, you know, if we play this for long enough or decide we want more control, we can develop that. I created a few grogs, at least describe them real quick. Um, so the named grogs that came with the description were Mad Anis, who's the Turb captain. And a Turb is like, these are the grogs that are the fighting grogs. They're the ones that protect the Covenant. And also train shield grogs. So like every, every mage, every wizard has their own personal shield grog that typically accompanies them whenever they leave the Covenant, which shouldn't be that often. Mad Anis is a rarity. Um, actually, I'll go ahead and read her description. It's pretty fun. Annis claims that St. David came to her in a dream and taught her how to handle a spear, but never said why she was to take up arms. Finding little chance of employment elsewhere, she drifted inexorably toward the relative tolerance of the Order of Hermes. So there she is, Annis. Marged the cook actually seems to know a lot about how this place runs. In fact, she's kind of looked upon as kind of a leader of like the staff and the grogs in general. It's like a general thing. So Marged the cook kind of knows what's going on. She's got a son who kind of acts as like a little gopher messenger everywhere. And I actually, just for fun, I named our shepherd too. He's Patrick, but he hasn't come into play yet. We have some sources of vis, which are pretty fun. I'm not going to describe those, but I think those are interesting. We have a library of tomes. And there you have it. Vis, by the way, Jenny, is, is the stuff that magic is made of. Excellent. And basically, all you need to know right now is that you uh, will roll a d10 when you need to do something in this. And... When you need to do uh, spells and such, we'll deal with it as it happens. The big thing to take away from this, like from the covenant description, Jenny, is that it isn't fully fleshed out on purpose. Like through play, we're supposed to like create characters that we need on the fly, describe things as we need on the fly, and it just becomes part of the tapestry of the whole thing. So nothing is set in stone. Like if you end up inventing something, it start it just becomes canon. It just becomes part of what. So it's supposed to be a collaborative effort. All I did was put together the scaffold. Okay. So we're back at Tagalin in Pembrokeshire. And it's, let's see, it's, uh, oh, let's make it, let's make it um, late September. Mm. And it's been about a year or so since you were in uh, Hibernia with the old uh, printing press and such. 
and you have all returned to Tagalan and have been going about your business, and it's been a pretty quiet year, all in all. So you may as well go around and introduce characters and what they've been up to. Sure. So I've got Niall of House Kriamon. Is that how we say it? Or Kriamon? Kriamon, I think. It, it would be Kriamon. And he's kind of a sheltered. He like grew up in a different covenant. And he's like pretty sheltered and not familiar with the outside world. He is especially interested in spirit magic and enigmatic things, which isn't always that useful on a practical level, we've discovered. But damn it, he's game to get out there and try. And probably since our last adventure, he's probably just been experimenting with conjuring and trying to speak with spirits would be his main downtime thing. And then my new guy, Griffith, the envoy, spelled Gruffid, if I have my Welsh right here, Oh, he has a sibling uh, involved in this group, too, the thief. Uh, but anyway, he's from a noble family, uh, usurped by another branch of the family, kind of ended up with the Covenant as a last resort source of shelter sort of thing, but serves them by being able to talk with normal non-mage humans without being strange and off-putting to them. What was our last name again? Yeah, I don't know if we got one. This is the 1200s. You may not have a last name. Well, I mean, but we're of a noble family. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was Nips. <laughs> That's well, Nips can be well. When we get to me, Nips will make more sense. But oh, Nips okay. doesn't cool. have to be our actual last name. All right. Well, actually, no. Didn't a lot of the Welsh families like Griffith App Griffith? Like it was like Griffith Blank App okay. son of yeah. something else. So it wouldn't necessarily be a consistent family name handed down. If you were noble, you might have like a Mac in your like Griffith Mac something. Huh. Doesn't sound very Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark is Irish for son of. I right, but if there's I something similar, no, there, here, uh, there must be something similar in Welsh. There would Well, app I know is one, but but anyway, we can we can table the last name. Yeah, we're not doing okay. a crash course in Welsh here cuz that would be insane. <laughs> I was pushing for all of us to get Duolingo and start learning Welsh Gaelic and playing only in Welsh Gaelic. But no. And then we put that we online. Understand and each then, other. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> murdered by offended Welsh folk. Ridicule murdered. <laughs> yeah. No, in our look, we'd put that online, and like fifty thousand people would. Do yeah. Then we fucking Brian Adams or whoever would retweet us. The world's number one Welsh <laughs> TTRPG podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Well, yeah, your sister can go next. Sure. The sister here is uh, Arluene Nips, who is a uh, gentlewoman thief who often hides out at the Covenant when she's waiting for the heat to cool down. She's been known to procure a few choice items for the Covenant here and there that miraculously came to be in her possession and in need of safekeeping. So there's kind of a symbiotic relationship there. And then my house flambeau wizard is Alwyn Rami Helms, who is, you know, as the flambeau tend to be, he, he kind of likes the fire. He is surprisingly good. He's like, I can't remember if it was Lewis or Clark, but one of them was like, you know, an absolutely stellar adventurer and then just a trash heap of a person when when <laughs> things weren't absolutely going insane. And he's kind of the same way. You know, in the heat of the moment, he's he's uh, on point. Uh, but then, you know, lately, if it's been kind of a quiet year, 
he's kind of a sad sap alcoholic if he's not, you know, if his life isn't in danger. So my wizard is Simon of Yerbaton. He has this miraculous ability to cure the pox. This is outside of any of his wizarding abilities. He's apparently born with this ability. It's been attributed to God. And so as he was growing up, he kind of was looked on as like almost like a, I mean, you know, he was given a lot of reverence then. His apprenticeship was not good. In fact, his parents, the wizard who trained him, hates his guts and actually has it out for him. So Simon has tried to do the best he can to make himself scarce from the area where his, his, his wizard trainer was. Um, otherwise, he's pretty friendly, actually gets along well with people, and he's a kindly person, and his magic is specialized around like living things, particularly people, but he's also pretty good with animals and plants. And the companion I have is Lugai. He's actually from Hibernia, so he's learning Welsh right now, although he's pretty quiet in general. He he kind of, like, like most wizards, he kind of makes you feel unusual, but he has a real, but he gets along with animals really well. In fact, he has a, an owl. Uh, that's his constant companion seems to be able to talk with the owl pretty much like any other person and he has to be gone he's a woodsman so he's really skilled and he's also he was also a mercenary fighter so he's pretty good with almost any weapon you want to hand to him he has to make himself scarce every winter he has to go back to ireland because there's a certain group of fairy over there that demand his presence every winter and so he has to be there at their court and is that like literally just for my own geeky backstory, is that like from the solstice to the equinox? What's winter? The season. So okay, yeah, we'll say we'll say we'll say it's solstice to equinox. That sounds fine. Fairy shit just always in my head ties yep. into celestial movements. So I was wondering. Right. So if, if for any reason we happen to be adventuring or doing something in the winter, Lugai just won't be there. Okay. So um, obviously, I'm haven't really formulated uh, extra stuff for my character, but there are a couple things that I think I could add. But uh, my wizard here is uh, Bertrand of House Verdidius, and he is from Normandy, France. He was apprenticed as a wizard at age nine. So he's been been a wizard for a good long time. He's a very flamboyant sort. He likes the finer things in life. His family was noble, and this is is all a bit uh, middle class for him, so he's a bit of a snob about it. But he's, he's a lovable snob, though. He's he's a, he's a sort of snob you just kind of roll your eyes at because, you know, he's actually kind of fun to be around. And he also makes fabulous things. He can he can do sculptures, uh, crystal sculptures. He can do um, beautiful clothes, embroidery. He can imbue them with uh, some kind of enchantment. Not that it lasts very long, but he is recently, um, because he loves to be dramatic and he loves to be seen by people, he can stroll down the street and maybe, you know, pull a doll out of midair for one of the kids that's passing by you know that's uh that that he is just fashioned and and uh made right there he's very fast he has an animal companion who is always with him perched on his shoulder the magpie colidius and he talks to colidius as if it were human and whether or not colidius actually answers him or and he understands the squawks and cause nobody really knows (laughs) He seems convincing he, that he understands Colidius. <laughs> oh, so, so nobody ever really knows whether he's just making it all up because he's quick-witted, or if the magpie actually he actually can talk to it. Then Colidius brings him rings and arrowheads, coins, and other metallic objects whose glint attracts its eye. Magpies love shiny things, and uh, he does this because he loves his owner, who feeds him leftovers for meals. 
So he always has he always has a little extra on his plate that he can give to his bird. When uh, Calidius brings these objects back, he attaches them to colored ribbons and he wears them around his person because his fall from nobility uh, means that he doesn't he can't really afford fine clothing anymore. So this is kind of his his plumage, so to speak. <laughs> nice. It, and he draws a lot of his spellcasting abilities and from this flamboyant decoration. And he it says his colorful appearance and general amiability make him an ideal go-between for the covenant and surrounding mundanes, as the mundanes do not find him as, as threatening as his fellow magi. But uh, appearances are deceiving. So he has a lot of, he, he seems to have a lot of hidden skills and talents. However, one of them uh, is not flight. And this is a bit of a disappointment to him because he's been fashioning uh, for a couple weeks now a magic carpet uh, with, with beautiful silken threads and, and abandoned pieces of fabric that uh, Calidius has found for him. But he can't seem to imbue it with the power of flight. So he just has this rolled up carpet that he's, I love it. <laughs> that, he, that, he's adding to, that he's adding to it and hoping that one day he will either gain this ability or learn this ability or find somebody who is able to permanently enchant his magic carpet. I thought you might go off script, but I did not see magic carpet coming. I love it. Well, to be <laughs> fair, non-magic non carpet. To be fair. <laughs> Non-functional magic carpet, otherwise known as carpet. <laughs> now let's uh, that's how I'm going to start referring to, to the rugs in my house. Yeah, yeah, this is a magic carpet well, that doesn't work. Yeah, because he's because he's dramatic. He yeah, and if anybody asks him about it, he says, "Oh, it's a magic carpet, but um, uh, it, it needs uh, it, it, it's it's in need of uh, repair." But there's no repair. He just doesn't know how to make it fly. Every single piece of color in that rug is just you know swimming in lead and mercury. So. God, it's always one killjoy. You're jealous because you don't have a magic carpet. Well, that's what I'm saying. There, there's plenty of metallic in that rug. Yes, but I'm saying that you're just jealous because you don't have a magpie a magpie carpet. I mean, a magic carpet. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> am jealous of that. That's freaking brilliant. And honestly, okay. if I could have any one magic item in my real life, it would be a flying rug. That would be, um, it'd be interesting. I mean... Just imagine all the strange you could get. I mean, Aladdin had it right. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you really think that would work, Cam? Just showing up at yeah. bars with a, with a, with a rolled-up carpet? <laughs> if, it, if it actually worked. Ah. <laughs> this, this, this is true. Like... <laughs> Oh, I'm just sorry. I'm just picturing you at, at Mickey's standing there nursing a lime <laughs> Ricky with a, just a... Just a giant rolled of carpet perch on the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've said on the bar next to me. No, this is true. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've seen in Mickey's either. But... <laughs> so I'm gonna say it's gonna it's like late evening, as I said, late September, sometime in the thirteenth century. What do you think your characters are doing right this this moment whereabouts in the in the covenant would they be um would they be located you don't need to go into too much depth or you can if you want it's entirely up to yourself i think i think nile would grab there's like equivalents of like labs right or like research yeah. rooms or oh yeah we each have our yeah all the all the magi all the wizards have their own 
headquarters, which includes their own labs. For yeah, sure. so that's where Niall is going to be in his personal lab. Honestly, Griffith is probably just <laughs> hanging out, being bored out of his mind. I think he probably spends a lot of time that way. <laughs> I'm assuming that there is a drinking establishment in the Covenant. Not a pub as such, but you can certainly get yourself various things to drink. I'm wondering if there's like anywhere where like all the people hang out. Who are we? Re- if you're referring to your wizard, there not really. You could go to the there's like the 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 meeting room or the kitchens. Is I envision like the kitchens being as kind of a, like a hangout spot. Like it's probably the closest. Like a despite the cooks patron of that outsider. Okay, I would assume there's like a bailey or such outside that the mundanes. Uh, that the grogs and such um, live in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There will be that. Well, I was just thinking that maybe, um, maybe Bertrand would be uh, like entertaining, uh, holding forth, entertaining some table with his. Ooh. Hmm? I said, Ooh. He said, Ooh. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Cause Bertrand sounds like he's quite a gregarious chap. Yeah. He's uh, that's why I was asking if there was like a pub or a watering hole or something. Cause he would probably be down there showing off basically. There's plenty of opportunity to show off for sure. Okay. There wouldn't be any kind of establishment like that. It's basically, you're basically talking about like a, a wizard's monastic settlement here. Oh. <laughs> but you could be entertaining people in the courtyard. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of places to do entertaining at. Like, there's no yes. shortage of opportunity for you to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Simon is probably, uh, if he's not in his lab, he uh, might be. Uh, you know, tending to some scrapes or bruises or something because he likes to do that. So one of those two options. Lugai is going to be pro- pro- probably not in the Covenant. He's probably going to be out and about, tromping through woods and whatnot. But, you know, he'll be back, at, you know, before the day is done. Alwyn, in a drunken stupor, might have uh, slipped on some steps and is potentially getting a scrape or a bruise uh, tended to. And Arluellen might have just arrived at the Covenant, needing to lay low for a while, and is probably uh, finding something to drink and maybe taking in, um, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with frickin' names. Jenny, your uh, character who's holding court? Bertrand. Bertrand, yes. Yeah, Arluellen might be having a beer and, and listening to Bertrand pontificate. Okay. It's evening, and there appears to be some commotion at the main gate of the Covenant that's drawing the attention of some of the guards. Hearing that Arluellen would probably try to go see what's going on, but not get right in the middle of it in case it's trouble looking for her. Yeah, Griffith would go, and if it's not, like, obviously violent, he might be able to, like, if it's, you know, trouble might be local lord demanding taxes. No, no, it doesn't appear to be uh, like under attack or anything. It's just there just seems to there appears to be someone at the gate. Okay, yeah, Griffith will go see what's going on. He's kind of here to talk to outsiders. The guards look a little bit confused. They're they're kind of they're looking around as if they're hoping someone a little higher up can assist them. Okay, and Bertram, uh, you said for mages, actually, Bertram gets along with normals pretty well. Uh, Lugai does. Oh no! Uh, but Jenny said, I, "I think Jenny has quiet." Oh gift. yeah, it's it says, yeah, it, it says, um, or whatever. Ge- gentle gift. Gentle, gentle gift. gift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it it yeah. says uh, he he's a good go between for the covenant and surrounding mundanes because yeah. the mundanes don't find him very threatening. 
So at the at the sound of the commotion, Griffith will uh, catch Bertrand's eye and see if they can go and see what the hullabaloo is at the gate. I'm game for that. Let's do it. They make their way through the um, the guards and the uh, the general onlookers, and looking out over the gate, they see a very thin and filthy and emaciated man standing there. He is shoeless, despite his his state. He stands firmly erect and proud, despite displaying the loose flesh and the sagging stomach of clearly someone who is starving. And he raises up his hand and holding in his hand, he has a white polished stone and carved on the stone are a symbol of eyes and ears. And Bertrand of House Verditius immediately recognizes this stone as a symbol of the Advis Perveritas Covenant, which is located several counties northeast of you. The man identifies himself in a calm, strong voice as William Sinjin. That is S-T-J-O-H-N, so William St. John. Captain of the Watch at the Covenant of Advis Perveritas near the village of Whitchurch. Uh, so I'll mumble to Bertrand, should we invite him in? Um, I would be interested to hear his story, if he has one. The man tersely explains that several months ago, the town of Whitchurch was laid waste by the plague, a plague that not even the spells of the Covenant's Magi could vanquish. He then hastily adds, Fear not, I have not brought this disease upon you. T'was nearly a month when I left Whitchurch. Where I infected, I would have fallen in the first week of my journey here. I have come to request alms of a fashion on behalf of my covenant, not myself. We shall certainly repay you if heaven grants us the opportunity. Okay, so... We take you at your word that you are most likely not ill, but uh, one of our brethren here actually deals with matters of the human body. Uh, if you'll forgive us, we'll summon some food for you and one of the uh, magi here to, in fact, to, to confirm that you are not, in fact, infected. And if he is, all in Scott Ball of Abyssal Flame. <laughs> <laughs> That's your cure for everything. The man nods and says, your terms are acceptable and then just sits down in the dirt outside the gate. Okay, so I'll I'll dispatch one of the guards to go get uh, Simon. And what the hell? How about we'll get another mage? I know uh, we've got Alwyn nearby, too. And then after sending them to the gate uh, to bring some food along for this poor starving chap. And Arluen, who would have been back a bit, having oh, yeah. seen her brother not raise any sort of alarm and it's clearly hmm. not the local constabulary would would go ahead and approach oh excellent okay we can have her instead of all when maybe yeah you and i are on good terms right like i think we, so Shade i mean we have our differences do, but yeah. but like yeah we're on speaking terms even if oh we're absolutely sarcastic assholes to each other. okay yeah yeah Just so like I, I yeah come up and get filled in okay and let's see, yeah, I don't have area lore, but if somebody did, I'd be interested in if, if we knew more about the Covenant. I don't, well, what do I have here? What's Folk Ken? Does that? Yeah, I've got, I've got Folk Ken. Yeah, I've got that too. Folk Ken wouldn't really be what you're yeah. looking for. Folk Ken is like the, the generic ability to mix with the common people. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have area lore. I have a score of two. 
Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily either need area lore. It would be more, though I will allow area lore, it would be more covenant. Oh, yeah. And hermetic, like mm. Order of Hermes related. But why? I'm not finding them. Okay, so while we catch Simon up on the situation when he arrives and we give some soup over to this poor soul, do our mages here, my mage isn't in this conversation, but do the mages here know about our relationship with this particular covenant? Give me an int roll and then um, what should we what should we throw in there? You say you don't have an area lore? So area, area lore has, has to be specialized in some specific spot. That is true. Uh, like there's there's no just generic like oh I happen to be in France today and I've got area mm-hmm. lore so I can use it it's like no it's you you have to define where your area I would is. Say that my thief who has area lore would be this would be I mean this is the neighborhood she thieves in so hmm. she'd probably know the tri county area pretty darn well. Do do we know where this area is? Do any of you have Order of Hermes lore? All, all the all the wizards would have at least a score of uh, one in it. Because um, I'm wondering if we detected any kind of accent, because I've got some pretty significant language skills. Oh, he is English with a hint of Welsh. Oh, well, never mind. I'm not great at navigating two big character sheets yet. I'm sorry, guys, but I, oh, no. uh, Alwyn does have an area lore of two and a Hermes lore of one. Well, that's probably the most relevant, the Hermes lore, yeah. I would suggest that the people that need to know whether or not we have any relationship with this covenant are the founders, Persephone, Tolidus, or Gwydion. Well, you hate to bother them with every little thing. Yeah, well, you just go ahead and give, give me an in, give me an intonaria lore or an inton Hermes lore, whichever whichever one you want. So it'll be a D10 plus your intelligence plus area lore or uh, yep. or Hermes lore, whichever. Yeah, yeah, whichever. So ten plus two plus two. Our first die roll of the night. Twelve. Mm. Yeah, Alwyn is aware that um, the covenant of Advis Perveritas um, was led by a, a magus by the name of Silber Wisehand. I relay that. That's what Alwyn knows of it. So I explain the whole plague angle to Simon. Uh, I don't know hey. if it lies in your ability to determine if he is infected. Absolutely. So you're also all welcome to make... Um, to make these uh, roles to see if your characters do know anything, any tidbits of information about this other covenant. Sure. Yeah. So Simon's first order of business, though, is to see, is this person ill? Uh, this person is clearly very, very emaciated. He's a tall man, with short hair and trimmed beard, which are like elegantly curled. He wears a cap of steel and a coat of mail bearing the arms of presumably his family. It's like of uh, an alligator-like dragon's head joined to a lion's body, surrounded by a fleur-de-lis. Despite his emaciated state, he carries himself very proudly. He seems very well-educated and um, respectful. Right, but, but he's, he's not poisoned. He's not ill. He's just undernourished. Yeah, I don't believe Simon needs to make a roll for anything here. No, Simon, no, he just he just seems mal malnourished and exhausted. Okay, his feet are um, like leathery and but still just cut by stones and whatever. He's clearly been walking for for weeks. Yeah, what is the distance to this other covenant? We'd all just know that, right? At least a week's ride. Thank you. Ride. Wow. 
I can still temporarily relieve his physical discomforts, uh, even without spending any weeks with the Kyrogen's healing touch. So I'll just cast that, and he'll at least feel better for a while. Wow, we're not even out of the gate, and there's magic going already. Nice. I can make him feel nothing forever. Yeah, there's no chance for me to fail it, so I'm not even going to bother rolling. It's, it just goes off. Okay, well then, let's welcome him into the Covenant, sit him down, let him rest, uh, eat some food, and then... So he has a request for us, so I'll consult with the mages. Should we see if one of the founders is around? So for what it's worth, just because you said all of us could roll, um, Simon has an area lore specifically for the environs around Ta- Tagalin. Sure. And uh, I got a 14. Oh, 14. You're aware of... Um... This town of Whitchurch, you've heard a story that um, in pagan times, the people there sacrificed to a particularly vain and acquisitive spirit known as A. Fienle. That's A apostrophe F-I-E-N. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, that makes no sense. Christ is our Lord and Savior. I look up at the sky quick just to make sure that. Don't make fun of God. I'm not. Simon is a godly person. No, this guy's cool because he works for a covenant, so we don't have to. Or you, right. The mages don't have to fake it here. Yeah, white like. church or witch church infested by plague. I'm starting to take some notes here. Led by whom? It was led by Silver Wisehand. Was the um the chief magus there? Led by Silver. Wise hand. And what did I just learn then? The bit that we're adding in? Oh, that the. Uh, oh, well, that was. Yeah, the the in, in pagan times, the people of Witchurch sacrificed to a vain and acquisitive spirit known as a Fienla. So I guess Griffith can send around the mage signal, or I guess should one of the Magi round up the founders? It's kind of beyond Griffith's place, I think, to do that. And arrange an audience. What was the name of the covenant again? And what was this guy's name? This guy's name is William St. John. That's right, William St. John, right? William St. John. Of covenant. Captain of the watch of the covenant of Advis per veritas. Veritas. Any relation to Ferdidius? No. Nope. Well, this man does seem noble. And I, of course, am you know, from the nobility, as I keep reminding everybody, uh, whether they want to know it or not. He says, I am merely a humble servant, sir. Okay. All right. Can we pull um, together a conclave of uh, whichever founders are here and hopefully junior mages can attend and listen in? Let's yeah, do it. Would Alwyn go find the uh, a founder or would he find a page to send a message? Whatever, Whatever that would take. You're a wizard. You could just go do it. I didn't know if it was okay. Yeah, I'll go do it. I mean, you know, we're we're inventing our relationship right now, right? Yeah. So I think the standard method is to just conjure up this ball of abyssal flame, and that's, that's kind of the right. signal and that then, for and then they to see that, and everybody shows up. Yep. <laughs> like the bat signal. Yep. Yes, but an all-encompassing flame. Like seriously, if you want the founders there now, that's <laughs> probably the way to do it. Yeah, burn down their tower. That'll get their attention. Yes. Yes, I will. I will go see if they're available and where they would like to have said meeting. Yeah. Okay. So the founders, of course, uh, Persephone and Talitas Sanguidian are all present and all agree to um, 
meet with William Sinjin. They can verify from the stone that he carries that he is indeed a representative of Advis Perveritas Covenant. And he begins to tell his story and he says, Our covenant was peaceful and enjoyed good relations for many years with the mundanes of the neighboring town of Whitchurch. Then some months back, our leader, Silber the Wise Hand, died suddenly, leaving our covenant leaderless. At this time, relations between the covenant and the town's baron, Robert de Vere, became very strained. The baron sent a bishop named William Ellis to investigate our covenant, but the bishop withdrew his investigation. And then, fearing an inquisition, our magi secured the aid of House Quesitoris to intercede on our behalf. And they sent a representative, Juan of Quesitoris, but within a week of his arrival, a plague broke out in the town, quickly spreading to the covenant, killing most of our magi and their retainers. Chaos ensued. Our magi have scattered to the four winds throughout the town. I would implore you to come to Whitchurch and find our coven folk who have survived. Re help us reclaim our old dwellings and restore us to a covenant again. You have perhaps heard of the Covenant's Well of Vis. If you can restore us our covenant, I have been told that we shall gladly share all of it freely with you. End of story. Okay. Oh, well, adventure's over. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume the founders are down with that? Oh, yes. The founders turn to you all and say, without question, we must send aid to our brothers and sisters in this covenant. We would assume, heaven forbid, the same was to befall us, that any other covenant would provide us the same aid. We suggest you gather a party, we will provide horses, wagons, perhaps armed grogs, and we will provide sufficient food for 10 to 15 days. Niall will lean forward awkwardly until someone realizes that he wants to talk and asks, uh, this house, this covenant that came to help, House Quesatorius, was it? Mm-hmm. Do we side note, there's no house squeeze. I think you're if you're referring to Quisitoris, that's like a that's like an office, if that's what you're referring to. This is third edition. Oh so I there see. must have there must have been a house Quisitoris in third edition. Have they had a good relationship with this with that covenant? Is it coincidence that they arrived and, and the plague started? Could they have targeted people there for, for some reason? He's very shy and awkward, especially in front of his superiors he has a certain charm about him i am just merely a grog servant trying to aid my covenant the politics of our covenant i am not well versed in i am afraid hmm. yes yeah, so let's let's say let's say he's not house case of taurus then let's just say he's a um like you said he could just be a case of Tor then mm -hmm. that acceptable damon yeah i mean yeah sure yeah yeah it's just there must have been a house case of taurus in third edition so, okay. Yeah, sorry, Jenny. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, but if you had to speculate, sir, you're among friends here. You can speak freely. I know not what caused this. All I okay. know is some of our greatest MAGA could do nothing to prevent the spread of this plague. Is there anything that anyone could do to... I mean, clearly not everybody got the plague. If we're going, if we're going in there and it's, and it's plague-infected, I just want to know what precautions we could take 
Oh, oh, Gwydion, Gwydion of Verditius says, an excellent, an excellent suggestion, Bertrand, and suggests that you, um, he says that um, we have many, is Gwydion, Gwydion male or female? Uh, he's a male. Okay, I can, I, I'm never sure. Um, we have many texts in our library, and I do believe we have a particularly good text on an incident of plague in the 10th century. And I'm sure it is well worth investigating. Okay. Research. Yeah, Niall would be happy to help hit the books. Simon is definitely interested in like, oh, there was a plague. Oh, yeah, that's up your alley. Yeah, he's like, and it was it really stopped by, uh, he's he's all over this. He's like, oh, you can tell yeah, he's like picking his chops. This is his thing. This is jam. <laughs> ready, he's ready to go with this. And then um, Persephone interjects. I believe we also have an extensive history of all of the covenants in this region, also in our library, which you may also wish to investigate. Well, there you go, book fiends. How about it? Simon will immediately tackle the history book on 10th century plague. Alwyn, that's not really his jam, but whatever gets us on the road faster at this point, so he will certainly assist anybody who's more serious about the research. Niall would be happy to read up on the history of that covenant. Are there so? Uh, what's the plan? Are we going to leave as soon as the morning, or I'll so probably take a, a day or to, uh, take at least a day, probably just to gather the right shit. Oh, true. I mean, it's already been. And if over we're reading, a that's going to take a bit. Like, yeah. like two days of prep work isn't oh, going to really make or break here. I, I mean, this think. is the 13th century, right? Like you talk about, you know. It'll take you two or three days to gather stuff together. No one's going to bat an eye. This is well, not now, like how long would it wagons. take by flying carpet? Oh, right. If only we had one. <laughs> oh, well, you know, if we could, <laughs> if we could make the darn thing fly. I mean, Bertrand could walk. I mean, I'm going to take this seriously. I know you guys are all laughing your asses off there, but I'm going to take this seriously and see if there's anybody in the covenant besides us who can uh, enchant my carpet. He goes out and his magpie and uh, Damon's owl are there dancing, going, I've seen just about everything, but whatever. <laughs> Never seen a carpet fly. <laughs> Got to do a Dumbo reference, but then I thought, hold yeah. on, no, that's like, that hasn't aged well anymore. No, really no. Well, sadly. no. So I'm picturing Bertrand, and we see Bertrand on the carpet, kind of like coasting along in the background, but then you pan out and you see it's just four grogs, one at each corner, carrying the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whatever works, whatever works, man. <laughs> if I get there by cheating. <laughs> I mean, Jenny, you know, if you get really interested in ours, like you could, there's like literally rules oh, totally. for how to like enchant stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, you can do the it. thing is he, he knows how to enchant things quite well. Uh, just not, I mean, mostly like metal objects and stuff. And he can't, and he can't, he can't, he can't enchant anything to fly. It's, it's a, He's not. He's not good enough. <laughs> he's not good enough. I could send you so many Ars Magica supplements that you would crawl under a blanket and cry. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. I'm actually pretty convinced of that. Yes. <laughs> if you can think of something, there's a book on it. Well, then in that case, it, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that a carpet can fly. No. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Hopefully, before the end of this game, a carpet will fly. Yeah, well, let's, somehow. Well, uh, I guess I'll go start researching how to make carpets fly uh, yet again. But uh, you know, to, to see if there's some kind of thing I missed. Okay. 
Okay, so I'll, if it's okay, I'll roll for my research. Oops, I'm looking at the wrong character sheet, of course. So I'm assuming intelligence. I don't know, would that be, I assume it's all in Latin? Yes, it would And be. it kind of obscure, so how about intelligence plus Latin to, because sure. I'm reading somebody's unique handwriting and phraseology and crap. Sure. And, you know, I don't know if there's any, you know, like I said, Alwyn was happy to assist. I don't, is there an assist mechanic or anything mm-hmm. I can do? Not really. I, I'm pretty good at Latin, too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've got a pretty no, high that's fine. score. Then yeah, all the just, wizards can read Latin. Always okay. just assisting for flavor. Yeah, I imagine this, this, this is quite an easy roll, so it should be anyway. Is there a roll for just reading history? 14. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm like trying to go through what I imagine is a dense tome. Quick, fairly quickly, and you're to looking. They're yeah. looking for a history of Advis for Veritas. Yeah, yeah. All right, and um, yeah, you find this. Advis for Veritas is a small covenant outside the village of Witchurch within the Stonehenge Tribunal. We know it primarily for its ever-renewing source of Vis. Though not a direct ally of House Tremere, it shares many of our interests and should be regarded as friendly at least. This covenant values peace, tranquility, and the goodwill of its surrounding mundanes. In the distant past, pagan wizards worshipped at the site of Advis Perveritas. Needlestone, now the Tower of the Covenant, once contained an altar to a heathen god. This deity, Afinla, supposedly served as defender of the land. Christian doctrine holds that he once belonged to the Order of Angels, but lost his rank through pride. Whatever the case, his worship all but ended with the appearance of the true faith. By the time of Hercules, only a few hedge wizards of the most wicked sort still followed Afinla's call. Rumors say that the most powerful of those priests was, in fact, Afinla himself, posing as a human. Hercules drove off the last worshippers of Afienla. His saga culminated in a duel of spells atop Needlestone. From reports gathered at the time, Hercules and the last surviving priest fought a form of Sertiman, the wizard's duel. The priest of Afienla called up the spirits of his dead followers to fight for him. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the priest finally yielded. After surrender, the priest spoke these words, You have stripped me of temple, people, and rank, so it must be. But know ye this, that Needlestone is an embodiment of Whitchurch and the people therein. When that town vanishes, uh uh-oh, your vis will die with it. Then your descendants will have to contend with me once again. Uh Hercules insisted that Afienla was a figure of pure myth. He claimed that no spirit by that name ever existed. Nevertheless, he also maintained that if people ever left Whitchurch, the vis of Needlestone would also vanish. Therefore, the Magi of the Covenant have always taken care of their neighbors. From our point of view, this means they are mundane allies. Depending on our approach, these common folk may become allies of House Tremere as well. Advis Perveritas also has a most interesting relationship with the merchants of the House Venenza. Somewhere in the Covenant's past, it acquired a moderate quantity of gold. I suspect that some Magus paid it to the Covenant in return for Vis, left thinking he'd gotten quite the better of the deal. Whatever the gold's origin, the Magi entrusted it to Venon the Venetian. He used it to purchase goods from Byzantium, then sold for a profit. Instead of claiming the original gold, the Magi merely took a share of the excess. Venenzo then hired another ship, repeated the process. I, for one, suspect that this custom of brokerage and investment will become widespread. Rest assured that Advis Perveritas had adequate defenses. They possess a charm called the Warding Lens, which, according to notes, renders attackers effectively helpless. I'm not sure who the eye is here, but I, of course, have seen this lens in operation. Feel safe in saying it will protect the covenant well against unwary foes. Somebody's written in the past. In short, I think Advis Perveritas has few complaints against House Tremere, so a few reasons to refuse our hand of friendship. So that was a note, I guess, from uh, one of our predecessors. Okay. Huh. So I'm guessing that history is coming down. 
uh, think that maybe someone's trying to recall the demon. What does Simon learn about 10th century plague? All right. I'm not going to make Simon roll. Yeah, Simon should roll. Yeah, Simon should roll. If he has the guts. Yeah, what am I rolling? I did oh, intelligence plus Latin plus D10. Yeah. Okay. Does the book have a quality rating or anything like that? I'll take, I'll take silence as I know. If you want to go that nerdy, that's fine. I'll just say I got a nine. A it's nine is fine. A nine, it's good. It's good enough for this. All right. And yeah, you find in a uh, very old tome, you find an essay titled Magic in Time of Plague. Ooh. Oh, dear. Written by Magus Lot of House Bjornir in the year 950. Okay. Shall I read this aloud then as well? Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Story time. All right. From the year 950. To enter that city was to die for creatures of fur and warm skin. I went in the form of a snake and explored to my heart's content. I absorbed each detail with the passionless gaze of the reptile and felt not a hint of pity or disgust. Now that my form has resumed humanity, I am left with the memories. I tell you, I am frightened by the plague, but I am more frightened by the numbness of my own serpent's heart. I would not take that shape again for any cause nor for any prize. The first thing one sees in the city is corpses. I crawled across more Norsemen than I dare count, all cheated of their place in Valhalla. That, I soon learned, is what frightened them. No Viking fears to die, but none can stomach the ignominy of death by disease. Years later, in human shape, I stalked with a survivor from that town. He told me this, Those who die quietly have no place with Odin. I do not care what their bloodthirsty god demands. I only know that the plague victims I saw did not die quietly. The most one could say is that a few died quickly when they took the plague in the lungs. Victims moaned with fever and shook with cramps. At the end, they would shudder madly and collapse. The disease began with heat, spasms, and swellings, which gradually developed into true buboes. Sometimes the buboes would burst and expel pus. Then the victim had a chance to live. However, no use of force could make the buboes erupt if they did not choose to. I saw Norsemen hack at their sores with great war axes. All in vain. The tools of physicians seemed no better. Nor did spells, either those cast by Viking wizards nor the orthodox incantations of Creo Corporum. We can slow the plague, but not stop it. I ended my time among the Vikings with one of their healers. He allowed me to slither about his hut at will and nose through his herbs and recipes. Perhaps he had heard the Hellenic tales of Ophiuchus and considered snakes an auspicious omen for a doctor. And perhaps I was an omen, for he eventually saved his people from their disaster. This doctor concocted a certain tea from the grass we call bitter cane. This drug could not cure the plague, but it could delay the victim's death for weeks and even months. To survive, one needed dose after dose of the drug. I anticipated more fighting as the bitter cane grew scarce. However, I had misjudged the Vikings. Their warriors divided the bitter cane honestly among themselves. Then they boarded their longships and sailed for the Scottish coast. Upon reaching land, they hurled themselves upon the strongest keeps of the region. All fell in the resulting battles. The Vikings died in battle just as their honor demanded. They also achieved another feat dear to every warrior's heart. A few weeks later, the plague broke out in Scotland and spread down the island to Londonium itself. Hence, the Vikings slew many times the number they lost. Well, a happy ending anyway. I guess. All involved. Some good writing, I must say. <laughs> All right, well, we got to get some, some snake tea or whatever it is he was... Bitter cane. Saying that the... Bitter cane, thank you. 
Yeah, is anybody good at herbalism stuff or survival or anything like that? Uh, so where we could... Let's see what your sister. The guy's pretty good Jeez. at that stuff. Oh, good point. The guy's like that's like his deal, isn't it? That's one of Lugai's deals is tramping about Los Wilderness. Absolutely. I do have my dousing virtue. Oh, what can you find? Let's find the rules on dousing. Let me start flipping through shit. I mean, maybe it's anything. I don't really remember. But that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Between you and Lugai, that should work out. Yeah, I would definitely go with Lugai. Uh, because I bet Lugai knows the, you know, five square mile radius a lot better than I do. As you can probably tell, this adventure is going to be pretty dark. Mm-hmm. That seems fine. I mean, do our stores at the Covenant has bitter cane a commonly used thing in magic, or which we might have some on hand, or or can we gather it? I do not believe so. I do hmm. not think you will have it to hand in the Covenant. I will figure out dousing as soon as I can here. You haven't heard of this bitter cane before, uh. and. None of your, um, I assume you, you check through, um, various tomes in the laboratories and such, and you find no, you find no reference to it. Huh. Well, while they're all searching for that, am I having any luck with my magic carpet? I think the crafting stuff is more of a takes months to do than days. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, like actually I'm enchanting to, objects takes a what I could help. Yeah, I was just trying to think of what I could do to assist here. Yeah. Um, since your part of your deal is uh, things imbued with magical energy, my thing the that uh, Covenant had had a lens, a charm called the Warding Lens, which was supposed to render attackers effectively helpless. So you could hit the books and see if you could find anything about that legendary Warding Lens, because that okay. might be a factor when we go there. I don't know. That sounds good. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to to look and see if if what what's the deal with the Warding Lens. So that could, okay. could that be that'd be like a research role of some sort, Colin? Yes. What do I what do I need for that? It will, again, it would be it would be int and Latin would be fine. Okay. So my Latin is four, so that's a D10. I'm gonna have to do, roll this old school, by the way. Okay, so it's D10 plus four. Is that it? Plus your intelligence, which is three. Oh. Like. So everything plus seven. Look, yes. Okay, so roll plus seven, and that would be a nine. The only thing you find is a like a roughly it's a roughly drawn sketch and it appears to show a spherical object mm -hmm. and a man crawling blindly on the ground below it. And then uh, written below that, it says the warding lens of ad vis per veritas. That's all it says. All right, we we'll uh, give a sense of what it might look like anyway. Yeah, it's kind of useless, though. We'll see. Mm. Okay, well, we we got something. And something ain't nothing. Okay. All right, that's our research, I think, Colm. And I think, I don't know, I don't know that my companion has anything he could do really in advance. I mean, he would be involved in helping organize the expedition, but that's about it. Yeah, William Sinjin insists on riding along with you. Hopefully in better health after a day or two of rest and food. Hopefully. Um, he still, you know, he still looks like he's been through the ringer. He still looks deeply unhealthy. Can Damon just kind of buff him as we go? I mean, I can't, I, you we, know. He's got one of the better I medics can, around. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can certainly, 
And it'll be up to the founders whether they give us any Vs, so I could permanently do some healing if we have some Vs we can blow. But if they don't want to give us any Vs, then I can only temporarily keep make them feel better. Which is fine. That's not a problem really. Yeah. The um yeah, they're they're unable they're unable to spare any Vs. Yeah. So all we gotta do is like we gotta keep feeding him and I can make him feel more comfortable. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't appear to have any symptoms of plague. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, in thirteenth century plague is a relatively uh, unknown thing to you anyway. But all um, right. it's not coming not really kitten for another handful of years. Oh, hitting for a while, yeah. I wanted to ask him, like, he came, like, did somebody send him? Is he actually able to, was he able to, is he in contact with other, with members no, of the covenant? He, no, he came of, he came of his own volition. Okay. So we'll be starting from scratch. Got it. Do we know if there's any uh, bitter cane in the nearby surroundings or are, are Lugai and or Cam's character going to have to seek it out somewhere near to where our destination lies? Uh, William just looks confused when you ask him and he says i fear i i know not of this 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 bitter cane of which you speak was that a question for the gm not for william it was a question for the gm and that maybe yeah. that's his way of answering it but like uh, that, that is my way oh. of answering it but, All right. but none of us know what this bitter cane is it's we, not a bike. no i can once we next session when i know my rules um, I can douse as we go because we've got a week ride coming up here that we can yeah. spend, you know, kind of keeping our eyes peeled the whole way. I hoa Dario, a dousing we will go. Right. 